Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, folks, and welcome. To the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. I am Charlie Burris. That is Zach Reagan. Wherever you listen throughout the world, we thank you so very much for listening to us. Zach and I talk everything balls every week here on the Big Orange Podcast. If that's something you want to listen to on the reg, go over to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed on Apple and Spotify. When you get there, rate, review, but most importantly, subscribe. Because if you do subscribe, you won't miss our shows when we drop them on Mondays. And speaking of Mondays, it is one right now at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And we are live on YouTube on the A to Z Sports Nashville YouTube channel. Make sure that you go over there and you subscribe there also. Because if you do, you won't miss our shows when uh, we go live. And you can be a part of the show. You can tune in. You can comment. We love reading the comments. We love interacting with everybody. So come hang out, have a good time, and literally be a part of the show. At Charlie underscore Burris, at Zach TNT, at A to Z Sports, uh, Facebook.com slash A to Z Sports National, and A to Z Sports.com for everything that Zach writes on the internet. Oh, boy. Been a couple of weeks since we had a normal show last week. Zach and I, schedules just didn't match up, so we uh, we just had some YouTube clips that we put up of just talking shorter Clips of us just talking about stuff that happened that week. It was a big week. Got to talk about Lance Hurd committing, uh, among other things. Got to talk about uh, Alabama fans acting as if they are somehow owed the college football world to change around them so that they can just not lose players off of their roster. Go back and listen to that on the A to Z Sports National YouTube channel. But this week, it's been a slow week, but as always with Tennessee sports, there's always something to talk about and we're going to talk about it all what's up zach i don't think i noticed until tonight or maybe i noticed i just hadn't really paid attention the the long pause between when you say podcast and and introduce us your name and, and my name it reminds me of pat summerall back with john madden in the day with the <laughs> need to do the murder she wrote promos I always remember they, they said he would wait as long as possible for the comma between murder and she wrote that's that was kind of the vibe i was getting there not i mean maybe i'm comparing you to pat summerall all-time all-time legend Uh, there but yes i don't mind that comparison at all i will certainly say that it really is just to match up with the music because the music has a little pause there that at the beginning uh and it it goes well maybe i went back a little bit too far right there it has that little pause that's what i that's what i paused for (laughs) That's really it. That's the honest to God truth. I, I wish it was as cool as being artistic in the form of Pat Summerall, but <laughs> it works. It works. It's just a timing thing. Um, So it's been an interesting week. Not much news has come out about uh, Tennessee football or anything, but we have had 
Dalton Connect absolutely going off. And now suddenly you've seen these tweets of people saying, oh, is Dalton connected to the National Player of the Year conversation? Can he, you know, challenge Zach Eady, yada, yada. We're going to talk about that. Then we're going to talk about on three had a reshuffling of their player ratings. And uh, one of Tennessee's commits flew up the board and uh, is is now super highly rated. And we're going to talk about that too. And then we'll finish off the show with a little discussion about what's happened with Zane Denton and the baseball team. Uh, a guy who had a really good year last year for the baseball team was set to come back, and then there's something going on there where it's not so easy as just, oh, Zane Denton's coming back for the baseball team. Maybe, maybe not. We're going to talk about what's happening there, uh, and that's going to be the show tonight. Might be a short one, but every time I say that, we end up going for like, an hour and a half so <laughs> i don't know we'll see but we'll get to it right after i tell you about our first great sponsor farm bureau health plans farm bureau health plans have been serving tennesseans for over 75 years much has changed in tennessee over the years but some has stayed the same farm bureau has always valued personal relationships especially when it comes to good health and good service plan on farm bureau health plans for health dental and vision for better coverage better rates and better service go to fbhp.com atoz or walk into one of their 200 plus locations across the state that is fbhp.com atoz farm bureau health plans Go get yourself a health plan with Farm Bureau. Support them because they support us. All right. Tennessee and uh, the volunteer basketball team, Rick Barnes and the boys, went down to Nashville. And it's always weird in in Nashville. I There was some stat that Tennessee, I don't know if it was all time, I think, but I think it, I believe it was all time as a top 10 team is one in five in Nashville. Uh, so not great. This just always a weird voodoo there. Uh, that building is weird. Vandy is a school full of weird nerds. And it, it was it lived up to that reputation. Tennessee was now five at the half, and it was just ugly. They were just playing sloppy basketball. Looked like they didn't have their head screwed on straight. And halftime, and whatever happened at halftime, uh, Dalton Connect, found new life and this kid just continues to show out in a way that i mean i i put it in the youtube uh title here that dalton connect is the best player that tennessee's had since i mean in terms of being a pure score i think everybody's gonna say chris lofton but he's i don't want to just flat out say he's better than chris lofton but in a general sense, he is a more gifted all-around scorer. And he's setting all of these records that are like the best Tennessee scorer since Allen Houston. I mean, just legendary stuff, what this kid is doing. And he's doing it relative to the SEC also. I believe it was the most 30-point games uh, in a season since 2010 or something like that for an SEC player. Um, wild numbers. And he, he goes in, drops 32 in Nashville, lights it up in that second half. Tennessee wins by like 13. Uh, they kind of ran away with it there at the end. This kid's doing wild stuff, man. I, I Just quickly, before we get into this whole national player conversation, I, I don't know what you thought about Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it was, even in the first half when it was kind of ugly, I, you still had that feeling, and we were all kind of texting about it, like, you know, they're going, they're going to pull away in this game. Like, this isn't going to be a repeat of last year. And part of that's because you, you know, last season when they lost to Vanderbilt, 
I think it was Vesterby that kind of struggled there, you know, in that that latter part of that game near the end, missing some free throws. And I think we said it then a year ago that this team was just missing that go-to guy. And like Dalton Kinnett, just this miracle from, you know, Northern Colorado that none of us had ever heard about before he transferred in and, you know, he transfers in and you look at, uh, look at the numbers and you're like, yeah, this could work. You know, this guy could be a really sneaky, good under the radar pickup. And it's, it's proved to be one of the best portal finds we've, we've seen ever in college basketball, especially in this era. And, and he's been that go-to guy that, you know, didn't even make that game close at the end, just kind of took over, put it away. Uh, type of guy you have to have in the NCAA tournament, which we've obviously talked about. I'm I'm excited for March. Really, really excited. In years past, it, it feels like we've talked about, you know, if this team gets hot, if if this happens, if that happens, and and not to predict anything because we don't know how it'll play out. All it takes is one off night. But I'm just I can't wait to watch this guy on that stage because it's clear that he loves the big moment. When it's time for him to take over, you know, no moment has been too big for him so far. I know, I know, you lost, you know, the game in in Chapel Hill against UNC, but he scored thirty seven that night. I mean, he did everything possible to win that game, you know, for Tennessee. And really, that game was out of hand at halftime, and and yeah. ended up being fairly close at the end. I think they lost by eight. So just knowing that about him already, I think we're going to see some, some special and fun things in the SEC tournament and into March Madness when the NCAA tournament gets underway. And, and we'll see how far that takes Tennessee. But I think he's going to be a guy that that all the shows are talking about, that's getting all the hype, that, you know, I think you mentioned it in one of our group texts the other day about like a Stephen Curry-type run at Davidson. I, you know, I don't know if that's what's going to be in store for us, but it, it feels like it has that kind of potential. And for that to be a Tennessee guy. I mean, it's fun to watch when that happens, no matter who it is, but for it to possibly, possibly be a Tennessee guy, it's, it's really exciting. I, I feel I've, I've said this a lot to anyone that has listened to this show at length, but I'm at the end of the day. I mean, I love, love, love football and Tennessee football and college football, but I'm a basketball guy at the end of the day. Um, I was just brought up that way. My dad is just a huge basketball guy too. He, he grew up in Kentucky. He's not a Kentucky fan. Don't worry. Um, but you know, grew grew up in Kentucky. Um, and it's just, you know, he's basketball obsessed. He made me basketball obsessed. And the thing that I've waited on my entire life as a Tennessee fan, having lived here my whole life and, you know, been a Vol fan for all this time is basketball greatness. You got really close with Bruce and then Barnes now with Grant Williams, you, you saw just that that team. I, I think if you you beat Loyola Chicago, it's probably a Final Four team. And <clears throat> then you you had uh, your, your chance last year at where you make the Sweet Sixteen, you lose that FAU, and just like there's there's been all those times where you're just like right there, and it, there's just something that's holding you back. And, and RTB says in the comments here, don't connect is what we've been missing. He is exactly what you're saying. At least it seems this way to this point in the season. He's what you're saying, Zach. He's that, as as Dick Vitale would say, a PTPer. He is a primetime player. When those lights come on, he is that dude. He embraces that. His teammates embrace him being that dude. It's actually, I think, really perfect, the setup with this team, because there was so much, and we said it so much on this show last year. You could just tell when crunch time came with that team a year ago, it was hot potato. 
they were just like, no, you shoot it. No, you shoot it. I, I don't want the ball. You shoot it. I don't know. No, no. And Dalton Connect goes in there and goes, give me the ball, boys. I'm going to the hoop. And he just takes over a basketball game. And it's wild to watch because it's that missing piece that for somebody like me that, that has just, you know, greatness in basketball, Tennessee has escaped us for so long. It makes my heart skip a beat, not to get too romantic about it. But I just look at the way that this sets up. And I mean, you hit the nail on the head. He is that guy that when it's when you're in the sweet 16 and you need a bucket, you're down one with 40 seconds left. You just go get this man the basketball and he's going to make something happen. And I, oh, it makes me so excited to watch because the dude is just a cheat code. That's like, that's the easiest way to say it. it it really is wild Casey in the comments he says he's the best player Tennessee's had since Dale Ellis I was a little uh young when Dale Ellis was at Tennessee and by young I mean not alive apologies there I'm only 32 but but I've I've seen a lot of people say that I think that's true um RTV says that he's Kevin Durant um Scott just says Alan Houston and, and yeah I mean Michael says it too he's the get you a bucket guy and that is just, that's the puzzle piece that was missing. Now, th this team is still not perfect. Um, when they face a dominant big man, it's a huge problem. Uh, but I think they they faced dominant big men before Connect had truly set in. You know, he dropped 37 in North Carolina, but it was still, you're gelling. You're trying to find your way. The guys are trying to figure out their roles. Like, Vescovy has really had to settle into being a secondary guy. And I think, kind of what I was seeing a second ago, I think he likes it. I, I It seems like... He got asked about it in some interviews this this week, and he was just like, you know, I'm here just to win. I, I'm I'm going to do what I got to do. He was kind of uh, thrust into team. that role early, earlier than anybody wanted him to be, or not wanted him to be necessarily, but earlier than he should have been when, when he came to Tennessee. It felt like he kind of was like, okay, we need you to be a guy uh, pretty early on. And I think, like you said, that it, it just never really allowed him to settle in to a role, and he's kind of bouncing around playing, you know, off the ball, on the ball, kind of whatever they needed. I think that probably factored into that. But it does seem like he's really kind of settled into a role now. And it's because of Connect being able to come in and kind of be that guy. And you can kind of build your team around that. For sure. I I think there there's a lot here that suggests that this is, this is the magic that's, that's been missing in the Barnes area. It's like he's... He's had these pieces. Got really close, I think, with Grand Admiral. They they had a lot there, um, but even even at the end of the day, there they they still didn't have that that dominant big man. Jordan Bowen was a really great point guard, but you didn't have a, a great complement uh, to to Bone at that shooting guard position. Admiral was kind of like forward who could make a three, but also back down guys. Like he wasn't a pure shooting guard. Like and, and now that pure dominant takeover guy who's not just like, he's not just Chris Lofton where he, he can put up three. He is going to the hoop and he's going to figure out a way to get that ball in the basket. It's just a different thing. Now with that, that said, I mean, we're all just excited about that. It's awesome. But the, the question that's come up now is if he continues to play at this level, can he be a national player of the year type of guy? And you know, Awards are awards. At the end of the day, they don't really mean that much. But it's really fun to have a conversation that is 
does Tennessee basketball have the best player in America right now? And uh, it's a very legitimate conversation. To me, I watch a lot of college basketball. Um, I mean, I'm I'm just a, a junkie. I'll watch Big East games. I'll watch Big Ten games. I'll watch whatever comes on TV. Um, I've watched a lot of Zach Eady. I've watched a lot of Kansas. I've watched uh, a, a good chunk of UConn, you know, different, different teams like this. And to me, he's the most dominant guy in America right now. Is he the absolute best player in America? Probably. I mean, it's hard to say. I haven't watched absolutely everybody. But at the at this moment, at this moment, the way that he's played in this last month since he came back from that injury, and like that doesn't get talked about ever when you hear like national pundits talking about this. They dismiss him immediately because he just, oh, well, he's not even the stat leader in the SEC. Well, he was injured for a month. So, you know, let's let's at least take that into consideration. Right now in SEC play, I believe I saw this today, he's averaging 28 points a game in SEC play wild and on top of that he when you watch him play that's the thing that really sets it apart to me when you watch him play like Zach Eady puts up gaudy numbers at Purdue they just feed him the ball he his head hits the rim when he's just standing there and he just turns around and he lays the ball up he pushes guys around he really takes advantage of the referees where he basically just gets the ball forces something up draws a foul um it's not beautiful it's not dominant it's just he's massive Dalton connect just goes out there and floats he glides around he's it's it's really like beautiful basketball a lot of time, like he just the perfect example is he he can just go in back guy down a little bit turn around shoot a fadeaway shot and it's a shot that for most guys you go like oh what are you doing why are you forcing it why why are you forcing that up and it, it goes in like most of the time that shot goes in and and to me, that just really sets him apart. He's not getting his due at the national level. You get national guys like uh, the absolute unabashed clown that is Jeff Goodman, who got who's really getting his today. Uh, I I really enjoyed that. If you don't know that whole situation, just go look it up on on Twitter. He got dunked on by Dave Portnoy at Barcelona Sports today. But you know, guys like him that are just like, oh, it's Zachy. It's definitely it's just Zachy. He, he scores thirty points a game. Oh, what? Well, Dalton can X score thirty points a game. Except he does it in a way more dominant fashion. He he is much more of a takeover player. I maybe that's just me. There's no doubt I'm seeing this with orange colored glasses, but I don't know what you think, Zach. Yeah, I mean, I, for sure he's probably got the SEC Player of the Year sewn up, and the National Player of the Year. It, it he's in. I, I mean, I think he's in the conversation absolutely, and it's a kind of an incomplete conversation because you got to see this thing through and and see where it goes. But it is unfortunate that his numbers aren't really accurate because of that injury that he dealt with and played through and gutted it out at the risk of making it worse. I mean, that just kind of shows you what kind of gamer he is. Not that there's any question about that. You watch him play. Uh, but really, if the national guys are paying attention, you look at that and you're like, this is even more of a reason why this guy's the best player in the country. He had an injury, an ankle sprain, that probably keeps a lot of guys out sideline for a while. And he he fought through it. Uh, I don't think Tennessee didn't really play anybody super tough during that stretch. So they didn't have to like maybe the NC State game, I guess. They didn't really have to push it with him. And he still played some some decent minutes in some of those games. Uh, but but since coming back to full strength in these huge road games, the numbers he's putting up, I think you you can't just look at box scores and uh 
his stats on the season and, and make this determination. You have to watch these guys play. And if you watch him play, like I said, that Vanderbilt game, maybe that's probably a different outcome. You know, I'm not saying Tennessee loses that game without Dalton Connect, but that game probably goes down to the wire and we're on the edge of our seats and maybe they do lose. I don't know. But yeah, I think he he's definitely in that conversation and and some big games coming up where he'll he'll he will be able to kind of solidify that resume. You got to have a huge game in Rupp against Kentucky oh, on a man. Saturday night in a nationally televised game, and that's that's kind of hard to ignore for some of these guys, especially in that marquee of a matchup. Well, what I've seen, I think is just that nobody's actually watching him play except Tennessee fans and the, you know, the opposing fans that have to get dunked on by him. Um, Cause you've, you've seen a lot of Kentucky fans. Oh, Antonio Reeves stats are better, which is true on the season on the season. Antonio Reeves stats are like just barely slightly better. It's like 19.7 points per game to 19.5 or something like that. But when you watch these two dudes in, in SEC play, when you can chop it down to just that, like I said, it's been this last month where Dalton has truly emerged. When you chop that down and you just compare the two, if you watch the tape, no, no, they're not in the same conversation. They're just simply not. And, and it's, yeah, if he continues to play this way through the rest of SEC play, there's zero doubt he will win SEC player of the year. That's, I, that's not even a question in my mind. Uh, you know, Alabama fans have said Mark Sears, who they've now played against each other, and Dalton had a huge game. Mark Sears did not. Um, and, you know, the, there's those other kind of contenders. But when you really watch, I think it really is just that. Like, people just haven't haven't watched. And I think you're 100% right. In Rupp, go in, drop 35, win in Rupp Arena. Uh, and people will be talking about him without a doubt. Now that game is coming up on Saturday. Um, and that we've already discussed. It just makes, gives me a pit in my stomach thinking about that, that game. I always go in expecting to lose. It is rough. I mean, it's been a house of horrors for Tennessee over the years. House of horrors for everybody. It's a tough place to win, but, um, I, I am also so, so excited because it could be the true coming out game for connect because we're all talking about it but it hasn't reached that national fever pitch yet and this is where it could because on saturday it is prime time i mean it's 8 30 you are right there in the spotlight i'm sure it's on espn or whatever and and it's it's just what everybody's going to be watching if you watch college basketball and and so it's just man it's just really exciting so go the spot you got to beat south carolina also let's say that too i'm a lot of people are thinking that's a trap game i Maybe I am wrong here. South Carolina is really outside of beating Kentucky on their home floor in kind of a trap game-ish sort of spot. They really haven't done much. Um, and so I'm, you know, color color me skeptical. I, I would put it that way. I think if Tennessee plays good defense, I think Tennessee probably wins by 10 plus. Um, and, and again, I don't want to be that casual about it. It's an SEC basketball game. You got to be on your game. Um but in Thompson Bowling Green, I, I think it's a win. And then you, you go to Rupp. And it, and it just, this isn't the whole season. But in some sense, you know, when you're me and the, that Kentucky game just means so much. Me, me and a ton of other Tennessee fans, it just means so much how bitter it is. Like, that's that's the one. Like, uh, winning, winning in Rupp is the most satisfying, just, sticking it to smug Kentucky fans because they just basketball is everything to them. It's just so good. I, I want it so bad. 
I, I want mean, it so a, bad. It's a statement game. I mean, if you can go out there and, and beat them and show that you can beat uh, a big guy that has kind of been your Achilles heel so far this season, it it creates a narrative through the second half of the season, the stretch run of this conference season that, yeah, Tennessee's legit national title contender right up there with everybody. I think I think uh, I said this when, when we were kind of texting throughout the game. I'd like to see Estrella get more minutes in this game. I yes. think that's well necessary and, at this point. I mean, C- Caleb says here, why does it feel like Tobey Waka is taking a step back? I-, I think he, I don't know if it's a full-blown step back, but I don't feel like he's gotten significantly better. He's gone out there a few times and just been a straight-up liability. And yeah, right now I'm completely in agreement with you. I put in put in Estrella and because he a lot of the little things that you don't even that doesn't show up. I feel like he he can do and help you win a game like that. Yes, I, I, it would just be really big to not have anybody weighing you down at any point. Awaka can come in and give you good minutes, especially rebounding the basketball. He can be a powerful rebounder and he takes up a lot of space. But I I think Estrella. The more he plays, the more crisp he's gotten. He makes less mistakes, and he just looks more confident out there. And I think I think he is going to be, in the longer run, he's going to be really good. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, Vol, Vol Bros right here, uh, who've had me on their show. They're awesome. Shout out to them. Watch their show, everybody. Um, but they said, Tobey can't stay out of foul trouble also. I mean, he is a walking foul. He goes in there, and it's just it's two fouls automatically. Um, and so, man, it's, it's tough. Um, but this, this is an interesting point from Casey. He said, I agree, but that could be because Adu has been balling. I think, was he referring to the the stats not being as high? I, I don't know exactly when he, he sent in that comment, but uh, for Dalton Connect, if his stats weren't as high because you've had guys like Adu also dropping in 20 points a game. I mean, he, he has had in, in a you know, out of the last five, probably three of those have been big games for Adu. I'd have to go back and check the stats, but that that's another thing. I mean, actually, Connect stats aren't as high as they could be crazily. And well, he's scoring what's, 35. What's kind of wild about Connect is if if you want, if he needs the stats for player of the year, you kind of need these games to be close because that's when he's putting up the big <laughs> yeah, numbers. I mean, like the true. Alabama game, he had 25 and won by 20. He played a lot of minutes, but he could have had if he needed to score thirty-five to forty points in that game, he would have. But he didn't have to. So I mean, the the thing that really with with the Kentucky. So if you've watched Kentucky this season, their defense is what defense? They don't play defense. Uh, they're they're all backcourt. They're all offense. They have a couple of seven footers, um, but I mean, it's still. I mean, their backcourt. Antonio Reeves. You know, he carries them, and and they don't play defense. I, there is a chance that the final score of that game is like 94 to 93 and Dalton connect literally scores 40. I, I, I think it's win or lose, you know, you decide, but I, <laughs> I think that's a very real possibility because I don't think they're going to put up just a massive amount of resistance there. And that's really exciting too. <laughs> Please. I, I want it bad. Um, but any, anything else with basketball before we move on uh, to a little bit, of uh, recruiting talk a little bit of football. Uh, one, one, one quick question, you know, Dalton connect. He's going to be a one year Tennessee guy. If he does win national player of the year, I mean, at UNC, a lot of these school, that's what, that's what gets your Jersey retired at those programs. 
one year, only one year wins the national player of the year. What's, what's your take there? Cause I mean, that's a pretty rare, I mean, it's a huge, huge award. I think some of the criteria I've gone through this before. Cause when I used to do radio, we had on Chris Lofton and I went through what it was to get your Jersey retired. You do have to, I believe you at some point have to be a unanimous all American. And I think he will be that uh, connect will be um, yeah. again. This is all contingent on him continuing this level of play, but with, you know, barring injury, there's really no reason to think it will stop. Um, unanimous all American. I think it does involve winning one big award. I don't know if that's sec player of the year or national player of the year or something like that. I think that is one of them. And I don't know if you have to do multiple years, but I mean, if you win SC Player of the Year, National Player of the Year, unanimous All-American, like, <laughs> I don't know how you... I think there's a conversation there. I mean, I know yeah, it's... Absolutely. And it's going to... I mean, it's going to be a thing, right? And college basketball, it already is kind of like that. If you're great, a lot of times you're not there for four years, like you used to, or even three yeah. years. I mean, every now and then, of course, th- there are situations, but now with the portal as well, when you bring in guys in just kind of this revolving door that that conversation now is not the same as it was in you know 2004 or, or 1994 or, you know in years past so he wins the national player of the year and racks up all those honors i think there's a, a legitimate case there i i would agree that's that'll be an interesting kind of off season especially yeah. especially if it as, well if if you win those awards even if you don't win all those awards but let's say he wins SEC Player of the Year, and then you make a Final Four. Or something now, that's like that. another one. If you get if you if you were to rack, I mean, this is projecting a lot to rack up National Player of the Year, and then Most Outstanding Player in the Final Four, because that's like another huge one. Most Outstanding Player in the Final Four is one that kind of is in that criteria for a lot of programs. Then you've you've really got a pretty strong case. Ah, <laughs> uh, I hope we're talking about it. <laughs> I know. I. I just I can't even describe. I mean, I I haven't I haven't cried that much at Tennessee sports. One of them was like the Alabama game. You know, I uh, when the Rangers won the World Series this past year, <laughs> I shed a tear. Um, one of them was losing to Michigan State in the Elite Eight. Uh, I with Bruce Pearl, like. Having it be that close to the thing that I have just always wanted. I mean, and now that's compounded by an additional, how long ago is that? 14 years, 15 years, whatever it's been. I, I cannot tell you how meaningful it would be to me for if, if this team could make a final four, I like, and that, you know, that's been true in perpetuity since like Barnes has been here fielding good basketball teams. I, I don't know. It just, man, I want it so bad. I just, ah, uh, man. Well, anyway, all right. So hope hopefully it continues. We'll we'll talk about it next week because we'll by by this time next week we'll have seen the South Carolina game, the Kentucky game, tons of potential there for huge games for for Connect and for everybody on the basketball team. I think just I, I honestly also at the end of the day, Connect could score zero points, and if Tennessee wins in Rupp, I'm ecstatic i you know it's neither here nor there frankly at the end of the day that's what i mm-hmm. really care about there but it would be really nice if they do that and connect scores a ton of points that would be sweet but all right 
Let's talk just a little bit about football. Not much has happened with football, but there was a reshuffling of on threes uh, recruiting rankings. And uh, one of Tennessee's uh, commits for this past class is now in a really impressive position. And we'll talk about it right after I tell you about better health. If I can get the banner up right there. If you are a sports fan like myself and Zach, you know how many years the big orange have shaved off your life with the emotional roller coaster of college sports, or maybe the roller coaster of life is messing with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals. Regardless, if you have a clinical mental health issue like depression or anxiety, or if you're just a human going through a hard time, therapy can give you tools to approach your life in a different way. And that's where better help comes into play. Better helps mission is to make therapy more affordable and accessible. And this is an important mission because finding a therapist can be hard, especially when you're limited to just the options in your area. BetterHelp's platform makes finding a therapist easier because it's online and remote. BetterHelp can match you to a professional therapist in as little as a few days. Plus, with our link, betterhelp.com slash A-T-O-Z sports, you get 10% off your first month. See a therapist because maintaining your mental health is just as important as maintaining your physical health and this football season, which is almost completely coming to an end, uh, go to betterhelp.com slash ATOZ sports and save 10% on your first month. That is better help. Thanks a lot to them. They've been uh they've been with us for a while now. Great sponsor. Um all righty. So just quickly gonna talk a little bit about this recruiting, then we're gonna talk some about uh the Super Bowl, because there's a, f- a couple of balls in the Super Bowl, and <laughs> it was interesting how all of that shook out. But first off on three uh, moved around the rankings just a little bit. And this is always controversial because you get takes like, uh, I want to say which player was it in Tennessee's current class that got moved down to a four star uh, and some of the recent reshuffling, I think with two four seven sports, somebody got moved down. Might've been George McIntyre. I think Mike Matthews did on Mike Matthews, maybe, yeah, which was bizarre because with Matthews, it happened after the uh, Under Armour, the Polynesian Bowl, Bowl, or the Polynesian Bowl. There's so many of them; it's hard to keep yeah. track. <laughs> and 24/7 Sports, like every day, was like, "This dude's balling out. He looks legit. Can't really say anything else about him. He's a playmaker. He's athletic. One of the best players in the country." And then they drop him in their rankings. <laughs> I don't. I well, uh, and you get the take that you get from that is just oh, two four seven hates Tennessee. They they don't want Tennessee to have a high rate. My theory, of, but like, my theory on this has always been there is a little conspiracy to this, but it's not like a they hate Tennessee thing. It's they want to be right. Like they hate when they go back and there's a five yes. star guy and they don't they don't pan out. They hate when it's a three star guy and they you know ends up being a superstar. And it's like well they barely you know they rated him is overlooked all this. And I think they're the odds and, and this is true. Like I can admit this as a Tennessee fan in the past. 10 or 15 years, the odds of a player going to Alabama and developing are higher than the odds of a player going to Tennessee and developing. I mean, there's more NFL players in the draft from Alabama. There has been, hopefully that's changing here. It's already kind of on its way where we're seeing some, some Byron Youngs and, and guys making an impact as young player at Darnell Wright. But I, I think that that has a lot to do with it is it's been so up and down revolving door of coaches at Tennessee that they just trust that they'll get developed more than Alabama or in Ohio State. That's my that theory. Is, at least. I like that. That's a really interesting point, and and maybe that that really is. Although they they are perpetually wrong, it is a little bit of the business that you're in. 
you know, because you're just purely predicting what these guys will be like. Yeah, I mean, but you NFL know, teams miss all the time on these dudes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you you saw <laughs> you saw today a tweet that went viral with Tennessee fans is that Jawan Jennings is technically the from from high school rankings. High school rankings. Jawan Jennings is the highest rated QB in the Super Bowl because <laughs> he, if you remember back, he was a QB coming into Tennessee. Um, and he was a pretty highly rated four star dual threat QB and like Mahomes, very under the, the radar. Uh, Brock Purdy was, you know, I mean, Brock Purdy, it's been talked about plenty that he was the last pick in the draft his year, you know, and all that crap. And so, I mean, they're wrong constantly. It just is what it is. But uh, with this, they, they reshuffle these rankings. And yeah, sometimes Tennessee players get dropped. Other times what happened today happens in Jordan Ross. Uh, this is this is VolQuest. Uh, they said Jordan Ross had been sitting on the cusp of five-star status for some time and following a dominant showing at the Under Armour game in Polynesian Bowl, the Alabama pass rusher is now the number seven overall prospect and top-rated edge rusher in the class. Bonafide five-star. They move him on up. That's from Matt Ray, friend of the show. He's been on the show with us. Um and he's he's now full blown five star, and this is so crazy because when you look at Josh Heupel, I mean, my my thought was when he came here originally, I was like, okay, we're probably probably going to get some quarterbacks, probably going to get some wide receivers, maybe some running backs, just with the the flashiness of this offense. But really, <laughs> some of the flashiest recruits he has gotten are are these uh, defensive linemen. I mean, I mean, they well, I guess edge edge rushers, linebacker, you know, whatever that position is at this point. Um, but that's really defensive guys have been some of his most impressive recruits. And I, I don't think that I ever thought that was really going to be the case, but I obviously it's a testament to Rodney Garner, uh, who has just been such a powerful recruiter for Tennessee and a developer also. Don't forget that too. Um, and now you've had, that's two five stars under Josh Heupel at that edge, edge position uh, when you count James Pierce and, I, you know, it's, it's awesome. And hopefully Ross comes in and he's a dog just like James Pierce. I mean, he, he could make a big impact as a true freshman. Cause you know, if he gets on the field, which it sounds like he's talented enough to do James Pierce, you're meeting a lot of double teams. Oh I yeah. Think, I think people need to be prepared for this guy. I mean, he's going to be a top five pick based off what he did this season or top first round pick. I don't know if it'll be top five. It depends on how everything plays out who has what pick, but his numbers might not be insane. He might not have the 14 or 15 sacks because he's going to get a lot of attention. I mean, just based off of what he did this past. We already saw it a little bit. I mean, we saw some in the Citrus Bowl, and he still managed to to make a huge impact. So the numbers might be there, but you know, don't get worried if, if they're not quite as gaudy as, as we think. But it's going to open up so many opportunities for Joshua Josephs, Caleb Herring, and then Jordan Ross. You throw him into that. That's another potentially dominant first round draft pick type of guy. I mean, when you go back and you look at the Will Andersons and a lot of these edge rushers that are drafted in the first round, this is the one area where recruiting rankings usually get it pretty close because it's kind of, you kind of got to have a certain build. You got to have speed. You got to have the frame. Those are a little easier to project because uh, you don't, you're not going to have undersized guys coming in and making a huge impact a lot of times at that position. Most of those guys are like five-star guys, 
ranked in the top 15 of their recruiting class. They are what Jordan Ross is. I mean, he projects to being that type of player. You lose Pierce, and that's terrible, you know, because we know we get one more year of him. And you just you slide Ross right in there. And when you combine that with what Byron Young has done uh, as a rookie in the NFL, I mean, I think eight, eight and a half sacks as a rookie uh, on that defensive line with the Rams, which is really, really, really solid for any edge rusher. I think he had more sacks than Will Anderson, who was a top three pick. Byron Young was a third round pick. Uh, I mean, that just, we talked about the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, like you kind of mentioned. It's like, hey, it's going to be a, several drafts in a row here where Tennessee's putting elite edge rushers into the NFL. Recruits are going to notice that. And you've already got the best one out of the state of Alabama. You know, it, you've proven that you can go out and win those battles. It, it should only get easier from here. It's, I mean, realistically, this is giving me the opportunity to make a thumbnail like, is is Hypo building a defensive juggernaut? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's probably what I'm going to do as a thumbnail, something like that um, on on this. If I post that as a clip this week, uh, but I, I don't know if it's a defensive juggernaut, but at least on the defensive line. I mean, they they have done such an impressive job between recruits and transfers. And then obviously the coach being one of the best defensive line coaches in America. Like it's that is such a sol- solid position on this football team. And it's just so nice because when you. When you look across with this offense and and just the way that it operates, obviously, no no matter what happens, that offense is extremely fast. When it goes wrong, it's extremely fast. When it goes really good, it's also extremely fast. It's huge shots over the top. It's big explosive plays, and so you score quickly. And then this defense is on the field a ton, and so just having even just a marginally better defense year over year, more talent like that, and stacking talent is so powerful on, on a team like this. And and I, I don't think you can undersell that. And and it just it really is massive, and has been such a pleasant surprise with with Heupel so far. Uh, it's, I absolutely love it. But otherwise, in in those rankings, uh, oh, I think I, I closed out that article. But uh, Mike Matthews was still. Um, in the top 50, I want to, and then I think Braylon Staley was in the top 100 on, on three, two wide receivers. And I mean, I, I think, as I said, we all knew that, that Heupel is going to get powerful offensive guys. And that has certainly held true, but the, the defense has just been really awesome. Now, uh, to, to close out the little bit of football talk here, the Super Bowl obviously is set and. Boy, howdy! How happy does the NFL have to be having old old T Swifty in the in the Super Bowl? Oh God, give me a break, please. Um, it's, it's uh, yeah, I'm about done with that whole situation. But um, re- regardless of that, there are Tennessee players in in the Super Bowl, and more specifically, Trey Smith, who's back again. Trey Smith's already won a Super Bowl, and he's one of the best offensive guards in the entire national football league. And that's, that's fun. But the guy that I, I so badly want to see win a super bowl is the, the OG dog for, for regular listeners of this show. You know, that I like to give out the, the dog award for, for guys that uh, are really performing at a high level for Tennessee and the OG. I mean, the, the true original dog, for Tennessee is Jawan Jennings. And he he had the play in that crazy comeback against the Lions that really sparked him. 
I mean, it it was a huge third down conversion, crazy circus catch. And it, it was the exact type of play that he always made for Tennessee. It was just like so typical. Tennessee fans saw that and we were like, yeah, that's what Juwan does. That's 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 his whole MO right there. I want to see him win a, a Super Bowl so bad. And it's not not even just because I want to see Kansas City lose. Lord knows I do. I'm definitely a hater as far as that goes. But but man, I want to see Juwan Jennings win a Super Bowl. I, I want it for that kid. He he deserves the entire world because he he's just been so awesome and and I'd love to see it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not I'm not a Chiefs hater. I don't know. I'm 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 okay with Mahomes because, and I'll tell you a couple of reasons why. One, I'm a I'm a Mets fan, and his dad pitched for the Mets. I saw him pitch back at Shea Stadium in the in the late '90s, and there's just the weird connection there that I I enjoy the, kind of the baseball aspect of him. And two, I there were times growing up that I did not feel like I appreciated like Tom Brady enough during his run. Like I was constantly rooting against him and he got to the end of his career and I really appreciated it. I was like, wow, this was pretty incredible. Yeah. He got some calls along the way. He had some things break his way, but even then, like, I mean, that's kind of superstars in general, Kobe Bryant. I feel like at times I was rooting against the Lakers to win because they were winning everything in the early two thousands. I did not uh, really appreciate his greatness. And, uh, Probably LeBron to an extent, though I'm still a little bit of a LeBron hater because I hate his demeanor. I I, I think he's got too much of the uh, yeah. look at me. I need I need I need this attention. I crave this attention, but I can respect the longevity of what he's done and and the way he's done it, the way he's handled himself for the most part. So I'm trying to not do that with with Patrick Mahomes to some extent because he is this generation's like dude kind of. But with that said. I would I would prefer to I think to see the see the 49ers win this just because of Jawan Jennings. Trey Smith's on the other side. He's already got the Super Bowl ring from last season. Jawan, man, every everything said going going through all that at Tennessee, getting kicked off the team, having to come back on, you know, get get reinstated by Jeremy Pruitt, dislocating his wrist in that Georgia Tech game in 2017, just so much adversity. And really that 2019 season, which was like the lone bright spot of of the, the Pruitt era, if you want to call it that, even though none of those <laughs> wins count anymore. That eight-win season does not happen without Jawan Jennings. Because after that wow. BYU game, that season was done. They were going nowhere fast. And we were, as fans, like in panic mode. Because it's like, okay, this was like supposed to be the year that you at least get to a bowl game or win eight or nine games. And you've lost to you know Georgia State and BYU. And... There were other games that season too, like South Carolina game, I think, where Juwan kind of took over. And it's like without yeah. Juwan, that team, I don't know. Like they don't go to a bowl game for sure. Who knows how that season turns out? I mean, he is the epitome of a competitor. Every single play, he's given 100% effort. The ball doesn't come his way often, but when it does, he makes the play. I mean, he's third in Juwan in San Francisco. I mean, it's so cool. I think that he's kind of earned this reputation out there that we all saw, uh, you know, when he's at Tennessee, I'll never forget there, Nat. I think it was the 2019. It was his last season at Tennessee. Uh, somebody I know that, that coaches college baseball that's not a Tennessee guy at all, but was, was around him when that game was being played. And he said to me, he's like, that. that's the type of guy that, that doesn't go to a Pro Bowl. He never leads the league in anything. But one day you look up and he's been in the league for 12 years. And, you 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 know, he's starting – every game and that's been so far the type of career he's had and i yeah. think he's going to continue to have so 
hopefully, hopefully he gets a ring. Hopefully he gets a big free agent contract at some point because he kind of had that weird seventh round deal kind of year to year thing. Hasn't really got a chance to get paid yet. I mean, anybody should want this guy on their team. Uh, that's yeah. the type of role that not a lot of guys want to fill. But if you have that guy, run games better, everything's better. Absolutely. Uh, and yeah, just thinking back to kind of the trajectory that everything took so, so weirdly, uh, a lot should be owed to Jeremy Pruitt in, in that single element. Not much should be attributed to Jeremy Pruitt, but the fact that he reinstated, uh, Juwan gave him another chance after he had been, you know, quote unquote, kicked off the team or whatever happened there and made the Instagram lives and everything, you know, everybody that was there remembers, um, I mean, that, that really was such a huge turning point because I think he took it. Juwan took it as a true learning moment. He really put his nose to the grindstone and, and he just got, he just was dominant when, you know, Tennessee was able to really like just like he dragged them to those eight wins. And I mean, it, it it's so great to see this truly paying off for him. I, yeah, I want him to get not just win the Super Bowl. I want him to get paid. I want all the good things for Juwan Jennings because he's just, man, he's been awesome. Dude, dude deserves it. He's a great, uh, he also loves, just loves Tennessee and he hates Vandy. <laughs> Anybody remembers his, uh, I think it was an Instagram tirade where he talked about how much he hates Vanderbilt. So great. Um, but I, I just love him. I, I hope he wins. That's really it for, for football. Anything else, Zach, before we, we finish up with, a little bit of baseball talk. No, nah, I mean, uh, unless you want to get into some some Taylor Swift talk there. I know you kind of <laughs> rolled Ooh. your eyes at, at that whole mention. Yeah. Uh, I mean, definitely what the NFL wanted. No doubt. No doubt about that. No it's, doubt but, about uh, it. The ratings be, on this. I Yeah, the ratings are going to be bonkers on this one. And um, the, the storyline with her, she has she has like a concert in Japan the, the day before, I think, or something. So it's like she's got to... No, she yeah, they've somebody's done the math on it. I haven't paid that close attention, but it's like, yeah, she will be at the Super Bowl. And they were like breaking down hour by hour where she has to be. It's like it's just 15 hours of time you have to allot for whatever you know the flight from Japan is. I mean, it's it's like being in Hawaii, kind of right. I mean, it's about the same similar distance, give or take. Maybe two, two, three more hours. On, yeah, on so plane. Hawaii, Hawaii's like six from the west coast. Um, it's doable. Ironically, that not this is kind of a quick aside anecdotal here, but I, I'm reading uh, Dave Grohl's memoir currently. I'm about finished with it, and I just read a part where he was on tour in Australia, Australia, and he had like a daddy daughter dance with both of his daughters that he had to be at in Los Angeles, and uh, played a show, jumped off stage, flew to California. Was there for like five hours, just long enough to change, good, go to the dance, and then fly straight back to Australia for Ooh. the show. I think it was like the next day after that. He had basically one day or a day and a half or something like that. It was like he had 36 hours, and 30 of those hours were in the air. Uh, yeah, so. that's a brutal amount of flying. It's good so I, don't think, I don't think Taylor, Taylor doesn't have to go back. It's her final show, so it's yeah. not that impressive to me. God, that, that's funny. And the stupid part is that now that you've said that, I'm definitely going to go look up that after this. And, <laughs> oh, and there's plenty it. of stuff out there on it. <laughs> Dang it, Zach. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's finish just a little bit of baseball talk right after I tell you 
about Zen Sports. We've been telling you about Zen Sports all season long, the new sports betting app exclusively in Tennessee. And now we have some more big news. When you sign up for a Zen Sports account, you'll receive up to $1,000 no danger first wager. When you place your first bet in Zen Sports, you can be reimbursed for the amount of your bet up to $1,000 maximum if that bet loses. But there's even more good news. Zen Sports is rolling out its brand new VIP rewards program. The new VIP rewards program will allow top tier customers to earn more bonuses, comps, and perks. And the VIP program is by invite only. So if you feel your Zen Sports play qualifies for VIP consideration, check out the program at zensports.com slash VIP. No other sports book will offer you a premier sports betting experience with 24-7 top tier customer support and faster withdrawals like Zen Sports. So what are you waiting for? Get going and download their app at zensports.com today. Zen Sports betting just got better. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. You must be 21 or older in Tennessee the bet is in sports. Go download it. Get your bets in. All right, let's finish with this. I only have 15% battery life uh, left on my old computer here, so we might be a little time crunch here, Zach. But Zane Denton is uh, a baseball player for Tennessee. He had a really nice year last year. Famously, he hit uh, the go-ahead home run against Clemson in uh, the NCAA tournament last year in a weekend that ultimately took Tennessee to the college uh, world series. And I mean, he, he was just a really, really fun player who transferred to Tennessee, I believe from Alabama. Mm, right. Yeah. But he's, he's also, I want to say from Nashville. So he's a Tennessee yeah. native went to Alabama, transferred back to Tennessee and uh, he's returning to, to Tennessee. It was announced. And um, it, you know, that, that the expected thing was that he was going to play. Then this news starts coming out and Tony Vitello starts getting asked about it at his press conference um, that, you know, Zane Denton might not play. That kind of the status is is up in the air. Now, the theory that I have heard uh, about this situation is that Zane was expecting to get drafted in this last uh, MLB draft. And he went completely undrafted. And I think not only was he, but also the uh, the coaching staff for Tennessee was kind of shocked by that too. And then he, you know, at that point, he wants to come back, get his draft stock back up. But the theory, the theory is this, this is not confirmed, but this is just the rationalization that I've heard is that Tennessee kind of transfer portaled over the top of him. Um and so he didn't exactly have a spot. And then it was too late or rules constricting that he couldn't transfer again. I don't know the exact details there, but I, I think it was a situation where it would have made the most sense for him to transfer again. And whether he just didn't want to or he couldn't, he hasn't transferred. And now it's this weird limbo. And I... I, I don't know. Again, all of that unconfirmed, all of that kind of speculation, although you can, uh, you know, th those details of, in terms of Tennessee, tra you know, getting transfer portal guys are real. Um, it's it's just odd. And it's kind of kind of a shame because he's a semi-local guy and he was so fun last year. You want to see him play, but it's it kind of is what it is. I don't know what you think about that, Zach. Yeah, but baseball is such a weird thing from other sports. Uh, I was kind of surprised that he didn't get drafted, but I wasn't like totally shocked by it because he was already a graduate guy. And if you 
know much about the MLB draft. You don't see a lot of you don't see many unless somebody just comes out of nowhere. You don't see a lot of college seniors get drafted in the first few rounds. I mean, they're kind of lower slot guys that that go later. It's it's mostly juniors and and high school guys. Uh, so that that part wasn't totally shy. I thought somebody would take a chance on him. Uh, you know, just with the postseason he had and some of the clutch hits he had. And I think you get into a situation where. Yeah, yeah, they they kind of recruited over him. You got Billy Amick coming in to play third base. Yep. He's a preseason All American. He's one of three preseason All Americans that you have, along with Christian Moore, I, I believe, and Drew Beam. So he's a guy that can be a pretty big part of this lineup. It's kind of like when they added Maui Ahuna last season. Uh, hopefully, Amick comes on a little sooner. But so there's, you know, I, I don't think it's a situation where, you know, Denton's not going to, even if he comes back, I think he was away from the team in the fall as well. So even if he had come back, I don't know that he was going to, you know, he wasn't going to win that job probably over Amage. Amage's a, a potential, you know, earlier round draft pick type of guy. So maybe it, I think it's as simple. I think everybody kind of wants this dramatic story, but I think it's as simple as like you're at a crossroads if you're Zane Denton of what do I do, you know, uh, the baseball culture, especially now. And he, and he's kind of one of the guys that really has was into youth baseball, probably as it's kind of changed and transitioned into the way it is now. If you, if you have kids, I have a kid that, that plays youth baseball. It's a crazy kind of like a big business money grab type deal. Kids play all the time and like a handful of them make it out of that. To, to play in high school and to play in college. And it's been Zane Denton's whole life up until this point. It's been his whole purpose. You get to a point where you're not drafted. You don't really have a place to go on this team. If you do come back, you don't really know what your role is going to be. Do you want to give up what you've been doing since you were probably six, seven years old? I mean, kind of like that movie in Moneyball or the, the line in Moneyball, you know, everybody's told at some point they can't play anymore. For some people, it's 18. For some people, it's 35. I mean, for him, it might be right now, and that's kind of a huge life thing for him. I, th- I think if it's easy on the outside to look at it and be like, "What you know, what just come back or whatever." So, I think that's probably a lot of what's going on there. That could be a tough thing, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, but I think Tennessee's going to be, you know, with Billy Amick there, not the downplays ain't Denton. He's, you know, a lot of memorable moments last season, and maybe he still comes back in some sort of role. I don't know. But I think the outlook for Tennessee's is just as bright, you know, with, with or without him on the roster. I think with Billy Amick there, you've got a guy with a lot of potential that can be a key player for you this season. Absolutely. And, and last I saw, I mean, this isn't really a, a season preview because we're still three-ish weeks out from, from the season. But t- Tennessee is, I mean, bona fide top 10 team. I don't know that I've seen a preseason poll that Tennessee's not in the top 10. And, uh, you know, the SEC, as always, packs the top 10. I want to say that last one I looked at, it was literally like six of the top 10 teams in America are SEC teams. It's absurd. Um, but t- Tennessee's right up there. Yet again, Tony Vitello has put together a really good squad that's, that's hopefully going to be a College World Series contender. And... And that is, I think you're right. That's with or without Zane Denton. I mean, he's not the the one A big like the season swings on whether he plays for for Tennessee or, or not. And yeah, that that's a great point about you know kind of the crisis of maybe being told that you you can't play baseball, that it's not your future, 
like that potentially that's got to be brutal and uh, hopefully hopefully a resolution is is had there i i don't i don't know what what it will be or what's happening vitello has really just skirted around it in all of his interviews handled it pretty well i mean he hasn't just totally avoided the question and tony vitello as we all know is a pretty candid guy as it is you, know, you, you never know what what he's going to say or what he's going to do and and that's why we love him and he's he's the perfect coach for the absolute perfect coach for tennessee and for this fan base but uh i, I feel like he's handled it pretty well while also kind of respecting whatever zane denton has going on you know away from the field yeah it's it's just tough it's a it's a weird situation it's odd and it's at the same time it just kind of is what it is. Like I said, hopefully they uh, they find some kind of resolution there because I'd, lo- I'd love to see him play. Continue to play for Tennessee. He was a really fun player last year and, and had really exciting moments for Tennessee and hopefully it, it resolves itself. We shall see when the season starts, like February whatever. It starts really <laughs> starts in the cold uh, for the people who watch baseball. You, you know that. So, um, All right. I think that's a show. Anything else? For the folks at home, Zach. No, nah, that should should about cover it. We'll, I'm sure we'll get into a baseball preview soon, like you said, because I think there's some really interesting things about this team, especially especially when it comes to the pitching and kind of how that shakes out. That's really going to be yeah. huge. I think they, I think there might be a Chase Burns replacement on the roster too. So oh, there's uh, there's Ooh. some potential there. Who's winning the Super Bowl? Call it. I don't. I mean, I think. Uh, I think the 49ers can get it done. I know I know that you were kind of skeptical on this, but I've I've watched a lot of the Chiefs this year and their offense just is not it's just not that great I mean, at all. I mean it's it's I mean, even if Mahomes is a superstar, he can only do so much. Kelsey's played better, but those wide wide receivers are so inconsistent. Cool. Uh I, I don't think Matt Nagy's a, a great offensive coordinator. I know Andy Reid's probably calling the plays, but it's just it's not the same. They don't really have a go-to receiver. You can kind of cover Kelsey with. I mean, I think the Ravens were using Kyle Hamilton, and he struggled a bit, obviously, with Kelsey. But some of those were kind of improvised plays. But even then, you know, they only scored seventeen points. I, I think McCaffrey can really give them some problems in the run game. I hope so. I will absolutely be rooting for the the Forty ers and specifically Juwan Jennings, of course. But. Um, I think the Chiefs are probably going to win. Uh, I hate it. I mean, 49ers are favorites, I believe. The the line opened as close favorites for them. But, it's, man, it's Mahomes. I don't know. He, he's, he is turning into that, like, you know, don't bet against Brady. Like, he's just becoming that guy as much as I makes me ill. It is what it is there. But, all right. Uh, go Juwan Jennings, please get that man a Super Bowl. Otherwise, thank you so much for watching, listening, wherever you uh, you took in this podcast. We really appreci- appreciate it. Thanks to everybody for commenting and hanging out with uh, with us as they do every week. Seriously, it means the world. Couldn't do it without you. And I I know I say that a lot of weeks, but like that is so true. We could not do it unless folks listen. So you you are the the lifeblood of this show, quite literally. We truly appreciate it. Charlie Burris, Zach Reagan. That's been the Big Orange Podcast, and we will talk to y'all next week. See you guys later.